This is Paul. And this is Wayne. So uh, I want to take a little moment here Uh-oh. and talk about a little thing I'd like to call customer service. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Things no, always go actually, horribly awry here. This is actually a good story. Oh, it's a Christmas miracle. But you're telling it? <laughs> and I'm telling it. So I signed up for a... Oh, you son of a bitch. Th- I know where this story's going. Well, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I love going to, to whiskey tastings. You know, uh, I have done the, the whiskey extravaganza here uh, uh, numerous times. I've even gone to Chicago to attend one. Uh, and But you know, all of those are canceled this year because of pandemic. So uh, one of the uh, whiskey event coordinators uh, put together the Whiskies of the World virtual tasting so what they do is they send you a box of you know samples of all the whiskeys that they're going to do the tasting of and then you they do the tasting via zoom so the event was scheduled for thursday and i couldn't find you know i was at the beginning of the week i could not find the uh login information you know i couldn't find the link that they said that the you know to go to and so i reached out to him and i reached out to him and I reached out to them uh, and you know, was not getting a response to the email. So I reached out on Instagram and they did respond, but it was after the thing had started. And they said, we are so sorry. You know, uh, if you can hop on now, great. You know, this was Thursday night. If you can hop on now, great. If not, we'll figure something out for you. And I wasn't able to hop on and I didn't want to join late anyway because you'd be playing you know, catch up and you wouldn't get to hear about each of the, the individual whiskeys that had already passed. So what they did, and I just love this. Number one, I was talking to a real human being. Number two, they gave me the recording of the uh, tasting so that I can do it on my own. Now, I don't get the benefit of getting to interact and ask questions, but they said if I had any questions, I could send send them, send them off to them. And I got to tell you, this was huge. I mean, I, I under... I, I'm I'm not at all annoyed, you know, that they didn't respond because I know these companies, you know, get a ton of email, t- ton of correspondence. I they they took an issue that I was having with their product and they addressed it to my satisfaction. And I mean, I think they kind of went over and above by, you know, getting me into the the recording of it. Uh, and I contrast that to the cigar tasting that I uh, subscribed to last year and couldn't go to because I broke my ribs and yeah, I'm not going to be able to go and, 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 uh, you know, be around there at the, at the cigar event last year, but I sent him a note in advance and said, Hey, can I send somebody up there to, you know, cause I had the VIP pass. Can I send somebody up to come get, to get my, uh, uh, VIP bag? And they never responded. They didn't respond before they didn't respond during. They didn't respond after. And I continued to reach out to them for weeks, and they've never provided the courtesy of a response. Still haven't provided me the courtesy of a response. And uh, I just want to want to point out Whiskeys of the World, top-notch group. I am uh, I am going to be doing my virtual tasting tonight. I will be hammered <laughs> because there's there's like ten whiskeys in this thing, yeah. and each well, one of them is about a shot and a half. So uh, and because they gave you the video, you're going to be doing it every day before work, every day over lunch, <laughs> and every day to relax after work for at least a week or two. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I can't wait. Yeah, the reason I called Aaron a son of a bitch is because he had sent me the link, and I yes, was quite I- excited. 
And so I looked at it, and they do not ship to Virginia. Which is weird, because, you know, whiskey, I mean, I get alcohol shipped to me from other states all the time. But I guess it just depends on where it's from, or, you know, shipping alcohol is kind of a weird thing anyway. Um, You know, some states don't allow it, some states do allow it, some states allow certain types and not others. So, because I just had tequila delivered this week. Well, what I find interesting is that, you know, some of them require signature and you've got to be over the age of 21 to sign for it when it's delivered. Others don't require anything. They'll just drop it to your door. Yeah. That is so weird. <laughs> like this week I had, um, I think it's called Lalo, L-A-L-O, tequila. It was recommended to me, um, delivered to my house. And um, I, I was, and so I did have to sign for it. And so, you know, the, the guy, the, whatever ups fedex whatever it is shows up at the door i'm like oh sweet it's my tequila and he's like there's alcohol in here and i'm like yeah he's like no. it doesn't he's like no there's not <laughs> <laughs> well and he's like oh he's like it says it requires a signature but it didn't say that it was 21 and up so like <laughs> anyone could have signed for it um well it was a good thing you had your birthday this week yeah whew, i did so have my birthday this week my birthday was the other day and um you know speaking of of spirited beverages so you know this was this thursday was my birthday and i did not receive any geek related gifts um but i haven't seen my family my family's usually the geek gift um family it was a geeky birthday we had like a batman tablecloth and batman plates and shit like that um but i got a smoking box uh which was pretty sweet so i i am a fan of a smoky old-fashioned where they you know they make your beverage they put it in a little glass box and they infuse it with like applewood or cherrywood smoke um and so i got one for my birthday and i tested it last night and you know it is I saw your video of that. That looks pretty cool. It's pretty sweet. I'm pretty psyched about it. You know, I I need to figure out, you know, because it does, it's a little different when you're in a restaurant, this large restaurant, and you've got all these other smells and bigger spaces and things like that. Um, But, you know, at home, I don't really want, like, my home to smell like apple wood all the time. So I I have to make sure that, you know, like, I put this, you know, I smoke it, and then I brought the box outside and let the smoke out. (laughs) So it doesn't just, like, invade everything inside the house. Do you have a back patio area that you can just set it up when you you want to do that? Yes, we do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's a a battery-powered smoker, so that helps. You just have to, like, light the thing on fire and... Yeah, I noticed you need, you need better flame. You need a uh, like a, a butane torch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Your your flame wasn't powerful enough. No, yeah. <laughs> but, but you got weak so, flame. That's what I'm saying. You got weak. <laughs> so, Paul, when you're smoking something with it, do you put it in like a Ziploc bag or put a dome over it or something? So it's an it, it, so the way it works is that it's a glass box, really fancy glass box, and um, you, I'll I'll post a video on Instagram. Uh, just follow me on I O M Paul. Um, and uh, for those who on the you know who are listening that actually give a shit, um, <laughs> and it's a glass box, and you, you put whatever you want in the glass box, and there's a tube, and the and you there's a smoker, and the smoke feeds through the tube into the glass box and infuses whatever's in that box. Yeah, that's much nicer than mine. I've got the the thing with the tube, but I don't have the glass thing, mm-hmm. like the glass box for it. 
So I put things in like a Ziploc bag and close the bag. Yeah. And you're definitely right. Once you let that smoke out, it goes everywhere. Yeah. And it's literally and, the same thing as what you have. It just comes with a glass box instead, you know, yeah. um, in addition. Because yours it, is a nicer version of what I have. <laughs> I have the very cheap version that I bought to see if I would use it. So, Wayne, I know you're not an alcohol drinker. What are you infusing? I've done cheeses and taken it over for other gotcha. people. Uh, chocolates. Uh, some fruit was interesting. Okay. Look at Wayne. Chef Wayne. You, you guys didn't know you were listening to three beers and a scotch today. <laughs> and, and cheese <laughs> and, and, cheese. and uh, crackers. Cheese and crackers. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but, lest you think you're listening to an alcohol podcast instead of just a comic book podcast hosted by alcoholics. Um, <laughs> this week, on my birthday, you know, I had heard that the Disney Investor Call was happening this week and that there would be major announcements during that Disney Investor Day. Um, and, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not, I haven't really watched it before, but I'm aware that things have been announced during that Investor Day. It is a four-hour call. And um, this year, they actually broadcast it to the public. There were certain things that were only available to investors. So there were points at which on the call, well, I should say it's a video, um, certain points at which on the video that the video cuts out where the investors got to see the trailer of certain things, but you got to see an intermission or a, a, you know, a flat screen, primarily when it was related to some of the new um, Hulu shows and stuff like that, because there was there was some stuff that was really interesting to me, like a new show with Martin Sheen and Steve Martin. Um, not Martin Sheen, um, Steve Martin, Martin and Short. Martin Short. And I was like, oh, I really wanted to see the trailer for that. But nope, investors only. Um, but, you know, it's this four-hour call, and some of it is very business-ish. You know, like, here are the number of subscribers, here's our fiscal year, blah, 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 blah. And some of it was d dedicated to specifically announcements for Disney Animation, Disney Movies, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. Um, and so that, that happened on my birthday. And so I, I put it on the big screen TV just to see what they would announce. And holy shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I think it's, it, you know, I think it's a holy shit moment because every announcement that would have happened at Comic-Con or Star Wars Celebration or D23 this year has now happened simultaneously at the Disney Investor Day call. Right. And so, yeah. uh, 10 Star Wars shows, some already announced, some not. Um, were announced and ten mar more ten plus Marvel shows were announced. Uh, so m sh mostly shows, uh, you know, a couple of movies were announced, but obviously, uh, given the current state of things, it was very Disney Plus centric. Yeah, that's where all the money is right now, right? Mm -hmm. You know, because uh, you're not going to make any money at the box office for the next twelve months, so uh, might as well make it in your streaming service. Yeah, I don't think we'll talk much about the Disney animation stuff, the non-Marvel and uh, non-Star Wars, but I was extremely excited to see the announcement of the live-action animated Chippendales Rescue Rangers. I am and I'm not, <laughs> right? Because I'm worried about it being Alvin and the Chipmunks. More Alvin and the Chipmunks and less actual Rescue Rangers. Like, I hope they, they do a good job with it. I'm concerned. I'm, I'm cautiously yeah. optimistic. When I got Disney Plus, the very first thing I watched was Rescue Rangers. It went back to it because it was that it was that perfect storm of that was when I was growing up watching TV. I remember watching Rescue Rangers as a kid. So it has that nostalgia for me. And that's mm -hmm. why I'm excited about it because it like that's that show that 
existed that I loved that I haven't really been able to go back to until Disney Plus. Yeah. What I found interesting, and I think we you know we can start with kind of the Marvel stuff more than the, and we'll, then we'll talk about Star Wars. What I found interesting on Marvel is they are doubling down that like, hey, just so you know, Black Widow's coming to theaters. Period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like May whatever May twenty twenty one. Um, you'll see, you can see Black Marvel or Black Widow in theaters. <laughs> I want to see Black Marvel too. <laughs> and Blue Marvel. I want to see Blue Marvel the movie. Um, no one wants to see that. But <laughs> but I was like, okay, okay. Like they are doubling down. The only thing that they announced that would be simultaneous that wasn't already announced because um, we know Soul is coming to to Disney Plus is that. Raya and the Last Dragon, or something like that. Um, I have no idea what that is. It's a it's the new Disney animated film. Um, that was it's scheduled for March twenty fifth, twenty twenty one. Will be in theaters and on that Disney Plus Premiere Access. So you'll have to pay for it. But that's all that. But that's the only one that they new movie that they announced. So like the Jungle Cruise with the Rock and all the other movies that Disney had planned this year. They're like, nope, you know, not yet. They're they're not buckling like uh like HBO Max is, and that's probably informed by the fact that when HBO Max did it, everyone involved in those movies got pissed off. Well, yeah, I, I think it's also still... a lot to do with the fact that Disney Plus has a fuck ton more subscribers than HBO Max. Fair, you know, and HBO Max is just looking for something game changing, yeah. you know, and and I think I think their decision is, I mean, you know, I think a ton of people are excited about Wonder Woman on December twenty fifth. I was yeah. talking to a friend of mine this morning about Wonder Woman, and she was like, tickets are on sale for Wonder Woman. Did you get yours yet? I'm like, no. I'm going to watch it on <laughs> HBO. She's like, oh, that feels like a big screen movie. I'm like, it does. But I won't be seeing it on the big screen. Uh, I'm going to see it at home. And I, knowing myself, like, even if I was the type of person who was like, and this is not judgmental, even if I was ready to go back to a movie theater, I should say it that way, um... Knowing myself, the fact that it's available to me on December 25th, I would watch it anyway before I went to a movie theater, right? Like, it's there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, and I gotta say, you know, I I appreciate seeing movies on the big screen, Mm -hmm. but that does not diminish my enjoyment of watching those films on my television. And there is something magical and fantastical about getting up on Christmas morning, opening packages having breakfast and wandering into the into the living room in my pajamas and watching Wonder Woman. Well, that is going to be a perfect Christmas morning. After your you. after your nap, after your drunk nap. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, yeah. Then one then going to watch Wonder Woman and rewatching uh-huh. yeah. it, you know, while I'm getting drunk while I'm putting my drunk back on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just really hoping HBO does get uh, something straightened out with the Roku TVs. Me too. Because I think that's probably the only reason Disney Plus has so many more subscribers is when it launched, it launched on every platform. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think HBO Max lot, didn't. It's also got a lot to do with the fact that Disney's Disney. Disney Disney owns the uh, the, the pediatric audience, right? I mean, all yeah. those kids yeah. who uh, you know are watching you know all those little Disney shows. I mean, there is not a parent that I know with children under the age of 10 that don't have Disney Plus. Well, and so I feel like if Warner, if HBO Max had rebranded as Warner Brothers Plus, 
uh-huh. that probably would have been better for them than HBO because HBO has this adult connotation to it, right? Like, oh, that's the sh- that's where they have Game of Thrones and Boardwalk yep, yep. Empire. You know, people yep. don't associate HBO with family entertainment, despite the oh, fact yeah. that Sesame Street is there. And what surprises me is we've got HBO Max that's doing the Warner Brothers stuff, yet Animaniacs and when it comes back, Tiny Toons are all over on like Hulu. Yeah. It's weird. So before we get into these Marvel announcements and, you know, the trailers and stuff, I, you know, since we're talking about streaming services, one of the reasons I haven't fully cut the cord with my cable company is that there's two reasons I haven't fully cut the cord on cable. One is football, like sports, live, live sports and things like that. I enjoy watching that. Um, Two is Everyone has, like, background television that they enjoy, right? For some people, it's things like The Office or or Star Trek, you know, classic Star Trek episodes, stuff like that. Like, you're talking only... about the thing you're putting on the TV that you're not really watching? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. You know, the thing you're not really watching, the thing that you put on when it's brainless entertainment. For me, that stuff is Travel Channel and Food Network and Cooking Channel, like Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives and Carnival Eats and... And, you know, uh, Food Paradise. It's mostly food shows, as you can tell. Uh, You can get a lot of those on streaming now, though. Well, and that's the thing. I don't know if you guys have... You guys guys probably haven't. And, you know... They have announced Discovery Plus. (laughs) (laughs) Which is all the Discovery-owned channels. Which is Discovery Channel, Learning Channel, HGTV, um, Travel Channel, Food Network, Cooking Channel, the new Magnolia Network for those people who like uh, the Gaines family, um, and a couple of others. And I'm like, shit. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you mean to tell me I can just watch all the seasons of Burgers Brewing Q in a row? I don't have to, like, randomly set my dvr to record it at three o'clock in the morning like ah that's that that's a that's a game changer for me as it relates to cable (laughs) i know that is not a good thing to say on a comic book podcast but that's my background enter you know that's that's those are the like you said aaron the things you put on that you're just background noise but like yeah I, i fucking love watching people i don't know it's weird i like watching people go someplace and eat like oh I'm in Portland today eating the world's biggest burger. Like, ah, oh, I like the, I like watching that stuff. That's my background yeah, entertainment. There's nothing wrong with that, Paul. There's some of those shows I used to love. The uh, There was one on food trucks. There was a food truck, yeah, the food truck show race. that I loved. Uh-huh. There was uh, diners, diners, drive-ins, and dives. I loved. I, but my I background tell show you, is I've got major, jokers. I have major Guy Fieri issues. I, I, I can't do Guy Fieri. Watching him eat is is disgusting. <laughs> I, I also like to watch, you know, I, I'm very interested about the restaurants of the world, mm-hmm. but uh, I cannot abide Guy Fieri. <laughs> yeah. There's some really good uh, documentary series on Netflix about that traveling and trying foods in different restaurants around the world that I've enjoyed. But yeah, my background TV tends to be Impractical Jokers, but I've watched a lot of those shows you're talking about, Paul, and I like that the traveling food aspect and seeing food in different mm-hmm. areas, and especially now when I can't. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I enjoy that stuff. So I don't know. Anyway, that's besides the point. What we're really wanting to focus on is all the good shit <laughs> coming to Disney Plus and movie theaters from uh, Marvel Studios. Yep, and how they're using that to hide the one dollar price increase. Yeah, well, that's why I prepaid my three years. Did you guys prepay, or are you month to month? I'm yeah. month to month. 
a uh, month to month. Because it was like a hundred dollar. I don't mind the dollar price increase as long as there's content there for me to watch. I was very disappointed last week when I realized that I had watched the final episode of season one of The Right Stuff. And I was like, God damn it. You know, because <laughs> the only thing the only thing that's new dropping to Disney Plus that I enjoy each week is Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Now that Right Stuff is over, I'm like, I'm not sure that this is worth it. You know, and I know that that alarms people when I say that. But now that I see all this other content that's coming, because, you know, I knew I was going to get Disney Plus for WandaVision. I really wanted I really want to see WandaVision. It looks so unique Um, and it looks like it's got got a a very particular sort of of take on it. So I'm, I'm excited about that. But I was like, ah, you know, just the, the, the length of time between Mando and WandaVision yeah. and nothing coming out. But man. I am super excited about most of the stuff that we saw. And I got to say, the thing I am most excited about, which surprises me, is What If. The animated uh, trailer that we got to see for Mm -hmm. What If is theater quality animation from what we saw. And... You know, it's it doesn't look like it was just done off the side of somebody's desk on their laptop. It looks like there was real artistic design applied to this. It looks fan freaking tastic. Yeah, I understand that we've had a pandemic, but I've been frustrated by the lack of new shows coming out of Disney Plus because it was out for a, a while before the pandemic happened. Right. And we had all of these shows announced that. Like, none of the Marvel shows have come out yet. So I've been incredibly frustrated by that because I originally subscribed thinking these were going to be coming out within months of the subscription. I've been happy that Mandalorian is coming out as often as it does. I loved uh, The World According to Jeff Goldblum. But other than that, there really hasn't been new a lot of new content. But next year looks to be, like, based on these announcements... They're dropping a bunch of stuff next year, yeah. finally. Yeah. And we're going to get a solid six months of Disney shows starting January 15th. Because WandaVision is January 15th. Winter Soldier and the, or Falcon and the Winter Soldier is March 19th. And Loki and is say, May. Right? That's and I gotta say, I wasn't jazzed about Falcon and Winter Soldier until I saw that trailer this week. Same here. Yeah, I will say I was out like, of the three, that's the one I'm most jazzed for. And and all three of these, WandaVision, Falcon, and Winter Soldier, and Loki look like theatrical releases. Mm-hmm. And that's that's in this current era of television programming we're enjoying, we're seeing theater quality effort on these shows. You know, it's not Star Trek The Next Generation, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. where, where it looks like it was shot on a set with a video camera. This well, is the theater quality content. And, you know, we see that not just in the Disney Plus shows, but we see that in uh, uh, The Expanse. We see it in Star Trek Discovery. I mean, they're spending real money on these shows and they are just fantastic in terms of vision and i I, i'm i I can't begin to tell you how excited i am about all three of those one vision yeah one thing i love about what marvel's doing is when you look at these previews these shows are not like each other just like they've done with the movies a lot of the movies have had their own feel and their different genres of movies like ant-man is a heist movie versus you know, you've got big action movies, things like that. They're doing that with the TV shows, too. The Netflix shows were all, they were similar, at least, versus these shows are completely different genres for all three of them. 
they're exploring new ideas and new ways to do things with their superhero characters. Well, and uh, something else that I find interesting is like, you know, when you watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it did not look dissimilar to me from a CW superhero show. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The way it was shot, the 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 the, you know, caliber of the acting, the way the stories are told. Um, And like you're saying, Wayne, the Netflix shows all kind of had the same texture to them because they're set in the same the same area, Uh, you know, but these WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Loki being direct offshoots from the Marvel Cinematic Universe look like the movies yeah. despite that they are are telling very different types of stories uh, which is one of the hallmarks of the MCU right you know Guardians of the Galaxy is different than Captain Marvel uh, you had a very different take on the Ant-Man from the rest of those movies so I mean I like that they are carving out their own places these movies the, these TV shows look fantastic and did you see yeah. did you notice it appears that maybe Black Widow makes an appearance yeah. in the Loki show. The uh-huh. Loki show looks way different than I expected. I will say yeah. the Loki show looks Same. way, way different than I expected. I could not get excited about the Loki show. I mean, everyone's all Loki, and I'm like, what? I thought it was honestly <laughs> going to be Loki intro, like, like book ending. I thought it was going to be right. Hiddleston book ending it, not necessarily starring. And no, like that's that's straight up Hiddleston the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, I was left with questions because they're doing a mystery with Loki and Loki's being thrown into a world that he doesn't understand. Right. And that's going to be really cool for me. I mean, Hiddleston alone is he just nails that role to the point that I knew I was going to watch it and enjoy it. But it kind of felt like he was in like Mojoverse or something at parts of it. Yeah, it it. All three of them just look fantastic. Well, and that's, you know, so as far as the Disney Plus shows, those are just the ones they show trailers for. They also made and further announcements on shows we knew were coming and shows we didn't know were coming. Yeah. So they, the sizzle reel for Ms. Marvel was really good. Yeah. Yep. So you had the Miss Marvel stuff. You had Hawkeye, which they, you know, I mean, we already knew was coming, but they announced. Yeah, that, we've seen some stills this week too. Mm-hmm, with Haley yeah. Steinfeld as uh, Kate Bishop. Um, you know, they and are, pizza dog and pizza dog, pizza dog, <laughs> pizza dog. Um, you know, they officially announced that Tatiana Maslany is playing She-Hulk, and that uh, Mark Ruffalo and Tim Roth would be returning um, to their roles as Hulk I, and uh, Abomination. I could do without the Tim Roth return because boy, you don't I don't like enjoy. I cannot abide him on the screen. It's almost like watching Guy Fieri eat something. It's Dude, just I terrible. love <laughs> Tim Roth. I love Tim Roth. Yeah, I, I liked him as Abomination in the movie. Oh, I loved Tim Roth. Um, they also, you know, they, they mentioned Moon Knight, which we already knew was coming, but they didn't announce an actor. Uh, you know, it had previously been rumored that Oscar Isaac would be in the role, but then it was announced that Oscar Isaac would be paying, playing Solid Snake in a Metal Gear movie, so maybe not anymore. Um, they also announced a Secret Invasion a TV series with Samuel Jackson and uh, Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, I knew that story was going to be coming, but I had no idea it would be coming on a TV show. I find that interesting, and, right? And Ben Mendelsohn's the guy that played the scroll in Captain Marvel? Yes. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Talos. I find it interesting that they do, they're doing Secret Invasion as a TV show, but I think... I, I, th- I thought it was going to be a movie. I, mean, I did too. I, I, yeah. I but, didn't even think it was going to be its own movie. I thought it was going to be one of the big storylines for Avengers. Right. But I think what they're setting up for 
the next phase is going to be multiverse and Kang rather than a secret invasion storyline. Um, but I, I feel it's difficult to do a secret invasion storyline. I, I think it'll be similar in name and concept, but I can't imagine a TV series. You know, the whole point of secret invasion is that popular heroes have been replaced by scrolls. I think we're going to see something different from the TV show. It's going to have to be much lower. Um, I don't know, you know, lower impact than the the comic series, I think. I don't think we're going to see Captain America or Captain Marvel replaced with scrolls. I don't know if you're getting, I mean, you may get them for an episode or a scene. Yeah, true. You know, because, I mean, number one, it's Disney Plus. And, you know, if you're getting guys like Mark Ruffalo and Tim Roth, uh, you got Samuel L. Jackson, you know, leading that for a TV show. Yeah. That's pretty crazy to me. I, I yeah. think I think that it might not be too unrealistic that you know Robert Downey Jr. Jr. didn't show up just as a lark, you know, in the background. I mean, I, you know, yeah, I'll give you an afternoon. <laughs> I can yeah. see those actors doing that. Well, speaking of uh, Robert Downey Jr., two Iron Man ish related series, um, Ironheart, um, you know, f- about Riri Williams starring Dominique Thorne, and, Dom- and that's a. F- that's a film. That's not a television show, right? It is. It's a television show. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah, television show. Um, and another television show um, is Armor Wars, starring Don Cheadle as War Machine. Yeah. That is one of my favorite Iron Man stories of all time. Mm-hmm. That should be a good one. And finally, the the last Disney Plus announcement, not even going into the movies, is uh, that Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special um, that will be filmed. Yeah. That James Gunn will be writing and directing when. Would they go to in front of cameras to do the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie? Yeah, and that it will be coming out the Christmas before Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three comes out. Yep. So, whew, so lots of stuff on Disney Plus. Not even talking about the movie stuff, which you know, as far as movie announcements, they they just kind of confirmed things like Shang Chi, Black Widow, Doctor Strange, and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, they confirmed that some characters will be on multiple movies. They confirmed that Christian Bale will be playing the Gore the God Butcher in yeah. the next uh, Thor movie, which is pretty awesome. Um, two new movie announcements are, well, I guess we knew Ant-Man and the Wasp was coming, but now they've named it Quantumania. But the biggest announcement for me of the night was Fantastic Four confirmed um as uh, you know coming in you know coming soon from marvel studios directed by john watts which i feel is a kind of a letdown for me mm-hmm. uh, he directed the first two of the most recent spider-man movies and i'm like eh. yeah <laughs> fantastic four at this point comes with a lot of baggage and i'm a fantastic four fan i'm excited about this i like seeing him come in I don't know how many people have told me they just don't think it's possible to do a Fantastic Four movie. Like, so many people have told me that they just have no hope for Fantastic Four because it's been done so poorly so many times now. Well, And so they've got an uphill battle with making selling this to the general public. And I'm not the big fan of the most recent Spider-Man movies that most other folks are. I enjoy the first one. The second one I genuinely didn't care for. So... You know, I like, like them both, but I have a lot of issues with both of them, too. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Like I, That guy doesn't strike me as someone capable of directing what I would like to see in a Fantastic Four film. You know, big, crazy science adventure family 
maybe the family aspect he can you know he he, he may have down pat but i don't know the big crazy science stuff the you know that that adventure aspect of it um i don't know like i i, I don't have a here's the thing. i'm hopeful but i was i, I but i yeah. you know his 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 films don't give me the best of hope for the the fantastic four film that after multiple shitty fantastic four films four now four shitty fantastic we've had four shitty fantastic four films um <laughs> <laughs> that you know that i think I, I we deserve after all that yeah i'm in the same boat with you paul i want it to be good i'm hopeful but i i don't know and i i need to see more before i can uh, have much faith in it yeah so you know um on the disney plus on the star wars front you know, we, we we knew that Mandalorian was coming. You know, Mandalorian season three was coming. Now it's they've announced that it's coming Christmas of next year, Christmas twenty twenty one. That so is have, a long time to wait. Yeah, yeah. So we have a full year wait. You know, this year it started it late October. Um, you know, so we we have a little bit longer of a wait. Um, but one of the, before we get into the actual official show announcements, one of the biggest announcements I thought that at least if I was an investor, which I am. Uh, my thirty dollars uh, or fifty dollars of investment in Disney. I didn't. I didn't get an invite to the investor call. Um, the fuck, fuckers. Yeah. Um, was that they're building three more volumes? Uh, you know, that's something they they you know Lucasfilm has invested in developing three more of the volumes, um, like they have, like you know the 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 room, the the giant room in which they film the most of the Mandalorian. Um, then they're they're going to be throughout the world. There's gonna there's I think there was what did they say Australia, um, maybe Atlanta, and I don't remember where the other one was. But there's three more of those coming, which will really, you know, when you see all these announcements and you're like, wow, how are they gonna film all that shit? You know, with all this stuff going on, that's how, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. all these shows that are coming out, um, you know, all these movies that you know, I think we'll we haven't really seen it used for movie, but. If you watch Mandalorian, it's certainly movie quality. I think we're going to see a lot of stuff filmed in those volumes over the next few years. Yeah. Um, so, to, speaking of Mando, season three and two spinoff shows, Rangers of the New Republic and a show called Ahsoka featuring Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano. Um, which, you know, I, Rangers of the New Republic, I'm assuming... You know, the uh, is going to feature um, Starbuck, whatever her real name is. <laughs> <laughs> What's her name? Starbuck. That's her name. Yeah, Starbuck. <laughs> uh, Bo-Katan. But, you know, her real name is... Uh... Yeah, that one's supposed to be yeah. Bo-Katan and Cara Dune yeah. for that show. Yeah, so Bo-Katan and Cara Dune and Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano. Um, Andor was announced you know the Rogue One spinoff movie um, we also got the announcement that Hayden Christensen will return as Darth Vader um, in Obi-Wan Kenobi set I, 10 years after Revenge of the Sith I really hope they don't interact I, I, I just don't like the idea of Vader knowing that Obi-Wan is still alive out there that uh, and I, I don't want them to interact between revenge of the sith and a new hope yeah i don't know you know it's i find that i'm assuming they won't but i don't know they may find a way to make it work 
Well, I gotta say, I'm I'm very curious. You know, with the the level the 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 level of quality of the directors participating in Mandalorian, I'm very interested in seeing what a good director can do with Hayden Christensen in that role. Me too. Because you know we didn't see that in uh, in, in the his two prequel movies. Well, and what um, 15 years you know has yeah. taught him as being an actor. Well, I, I honestly, I can't fault Hayden Christensen for those. I think it was the direction and, and the script. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I just don't think he was given enough to work with. And, and you know, if your director is not giving you anything, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, for all we know, the director is going, OK, play flat, play emotionless, uh, play boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you know, play nobody that anyone's ever going to like, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm eager to see what he can do. Me too. Um, so we also got an actual trailer for the new show, The Bad Batch, the Clone Wars spinoff show about the, uh, the, the batch of clone troopers that kind of had something off about them that did not participate in Order 66. Mm-hmm. Um, a Star Wars series of shorts called Visions. A droid story, which is a show about R2-D2 and uh, C-3PO. And... A Lando show, though they did not announce that Donald Glover would be playing Lando. I'm assuming they wouldn't do a Lando show without Donald Glover playing Lando. Yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun, too. Mm-hmm. The Acolyte is also another show coming, which is a mystery thriller thriller set in the High Republic era, which is pre-prequel era. Um, and in the movie front, we had, you know, just... Further confirmation that Taika Waititi is directing a Star Wars movie. No real news there. But the big news uh, on the movie front was that Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins is going to be directing a Rogue Squadron movie. So That should be fun. That should yeah, be so fun. curious when it'll be set. Yeah, me too. Well, it's got to be set. If for it to be called Rogue Squadron, it's got to be set in uh, original trilogy era, I would think. Yeah. I just, I'm just wondering between which movies. Yeah. So what's the next movie to come out? I think it's the Taika Waititi movie is the next one. And that one is? Not announced. Uh, no title has been announced or anything. He's currently gotcha. writing it. So I don't think there's any movies actively in production. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, they're really developing the timeline, though, for like the Mandalorian timeline with now three shows set during that era. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, it's, it's not Star Wars related, but I'm very excited about the Willow sequel TV series. Um, you know, I wish Val Kilmer was in better health because Mad Mardigan is a character I'd love to see on the screen again. But right. I'm 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 pretty excited about that. I I love Willow. I you know it's a, it's a show that or it's a movie that really you know pinged on everything I loved as a kid because it had the Lucasfilm aspect to it. It had you know the the, the sword and sorcery, um, and it had you know a Darth Vader esque villain. Uh, just in medieval times. So I really liked it and I really hope they do a good job with that show. Yeah. Paul, did you see any of the details on uh, Indiana Jones? Cause it was up on the list of things that they announced, but I never saw what um, the details were. If it's a new movie or if it's a TV show or what? So there is a fifth and final Indiana Jones movie that they announced. You know, they said it's fifth and final. It will feature Harrison Ford and it will be directed <laughs> by James Mangold, um, the director of Logan. 
So they, they so did it's sort of old, old man indie. Old man indie, right? Yeah. Instead of old man, yeah. maybe it'll be black and white and rated R. Um, <laughs> Wasn't the last one really old man indie? Yeah, no. with aliens. No, because old man indie has to, you know, has to be, uh, uh, you know, there's a flavor. It's not just that Harrison Ford's old. There's got to be that certain flavor. You know? <laughs> uh, the flavor is not aliens. Yeah, Jesus. So we'll see. I could have handled Aliens had it just been a better movie. Yeah, I, I really, you know, it's. I, I, I have rewatched that film recently. and um, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Yeah. It, it okay. is, it's just not good. There are good ass. It's a there terrible are... <laughs> film. It's not just a terrible. It's not just bad writing and bad directing. It's also bad art direction. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're like. You guys shot this on a stage, you know. There, there's none of that, you know, genuine tactile sort of feel to so, so many of those shots. Mm. It is truly sad. With the best thing about an Indiana Jones movie is Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, well, that, that didn't last long. <laughs> he ruined his career when he when he when, he, when you when you bash the guy who create who gave you a career, um, you're, you're you're done. Enjoy your indie film uh, career from now on. But you know since we're talking about these kind of like last stories, like the last story of Indy, um, I know you guys didn't pick it up and I didn't get back to you soon enough to really pick it up um, for yourselves. A uh, dark Knight's death metal. The last stories of the DC universe came out this week. It was eight ninety nine, I think. Um, but we had talked about this a little while back because Mark Wade, it came, uh, is doing, did a short Superman story in it, um, with art by Francis Manuel uh, it also had um, other creative teams, including Joshua Williamson, James Tynion IV, Scott Snyder, Jeff Lemire, Raphael Albuquerque, um, Gail Simone. Just a, you know, kind of a, a great slew of artists and writers on the book. And what this is is this is the night before the characters of the DC universe go into the final battle for Dark Knight's Death Metal. Um, so it kind of takes place between issues five and six of uh, Dark Knight's Death Metal. And it's it's a very Titans-centric book. Um, I, you know, I'll, I'll say that. It's about kind of every Titan reuniting. And I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and talk about spoilers since you guys didn't pick it up. There are, are some really good stories in this and some really not good stories in this. Um, the Superman story was very good, very sweet. Uh, Superman, it, it's basically about Superman finding... Or gaining the ability to turn back time for a few hours, um, so he he kind of like relives the same night over and over and over in order to save as many people as possible and make as many changes to the world as possible before this last battle. Um, the the Batman story, on which I was disappointed in the Batman story because it's not well written nor well drawn, despite it being this. Um, Nightwing and Batgirl story of them basically confessing to each other that they, they'll always find each other. They were meant to be together and Dick Grayson proposing um, to Batgirl. Again? Again. Every time there's going to be a major event where the world might end and they're going to rewrite continuity, yeah. he proposes. Yeah. I'm sick of it. Because I, yeah. I, I love the characters. It's just, we've seen that story. Yeah. The, the Gail Simone story of Green Arrow and Black Canary was really, really good. Um, I genuinely enjoyed that one. Um, one of my favorite stories of the book is from Jeff Lemire and Raphael Albuquerque, which is the it's Green Lantern, 
and Sinestro. And it's kind of Sinestro looking for redemption, um, you know, in this last night on Earth where he says, you know, basically, I started as a Green Lantern. And if tomorrow is going to be how it ends, I'd like to end my life as a Green Lantern. And it's kind of this, you know, Hal Jordan and, and Sinestro moment um, where they remember who they used to be. And it, it's just, a, a, I really, really liked that story. Um, Sinestro basically becoming a Green Lantern again for the final battle. Um, and the overall, like, container story is this Titans thing. It's focused heavily on Donna Troy. Um, but what's interesting about it is Wally West, you know, showing up and, you know, kind of repenting for his actions um, and the forgiveness of Donna uh, Troy for what Wally West did during Heroes in Crisis, which is basically every story since Heroes in Crisis has been about undoing Heroes in Crisis. Um, but, you know, in the first issue of Dark Knight's Death Metal, Batman got a Black Lantern ring. And so going into the final battle, he resurrects Roy Harper. And there's this really awkward moment between Roy and Wally West that kind of makes the book for me like Wally's kind of standing off to the side and he looks over at Roy and Roy kind of looks over at him and like tips his hat and you don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because <laughs> <laughs> um, they don't they don't share a moment other than that they you know they don't actually approach each other or talk but they, they kind of exchange a glance and I like there's a lot said in that uh and so there, there's, like I said, the, the the last stories of the DC universe, it's getting very positive reviews. I feel it's very uneven, just like any anthology book is. Um, so I'd recommend picking it up when it's on sale. I think you can read it out of the context of death metal without necessarily missing much. You know, it just sounds like, you know, hey, this is the last night on Earth. Let's, you know, get all our affairs in order. That's basically how it reads. So I, I not worth nine bucks. <laughs> but certainly worth a sale price. Or if they put it to read for free in a couple months on the DC app. Or on the DC Universe uh, on Infinite, yeah. which, you know, I'm looking for, you know, we should have that here in the next month or so. So. Well, it sounds like something to look forward to uh, for sales, unlimited or infinite. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on the Marvel side of the house, we had the, the sixth issue of Strange Academy. Um, and Aaron, I, I wanted to talk about this book. Yeah. Because of what I, I, happens to our favorite I was character. very upset. I was very upset. <laughs> I was very upset. Book. I was like, are, I'm sitting there. I, I, I want to paint a picture for you. I was uh, on the on the back porch last night, uh, you know, having a cigar, drinking my scotch. And when it happened, I went, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it I, was, I was super upset about this. You know, this book has kind of set itself up as this harmless, fun book. You know, there's there's these bad guys, but it's still, you know, it's a strange academy. It's It feels family-friendly. No one's really going to get hurt until... Well, and, and until the guy kills Doyle Dormammu hard in yeah. the book. I mean, just... I mean, it's not just, oh, you know, he, he died off panel. I mean, we, we get panels of him suffering before his you know essentially his guts are ripped out yeah i uh i, I it was it hurt I, yeah. I gotta tell you i i i was 
I was really I loved this character. I loved Doyle Dormammu, a literally favorite character in the book. Mm. And I I you know they they did the Joss Whedon thing. They they hurt me right in the feels. Yeah. Um, the only so I love Strange Academy. The only bad thing I'll say in this book is that these characters of the Hollow are introduced and then quickly dispatched without really an understanding of who they were. <laughs> um, like basically, but, the adults show up and take them out in one page. Well, and and I found it very amusing that Doctor Strange, you know, issues their punish, punishment essentially for eternity. Yeah. There is no redemption, no parole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they get to enjoy this punishment for the rest of time. Yeah. yeah. But my, my hope is, you know, they show the, the issue seven, the cover shows Doctor Strange holding Doyle Dormammu and protecting him. So uh-huh. my hope is that maybe he's he's going to... I mean, what's interesting about Doyle Dormammu dying is he's the son of the King of Hell. So, right. like, how? How does that work? <laughs> well, and also, if if we don't bring Doyle back, doesn't Dormammu have something to say about this? You, you know, so. that, that, you know, he... That Doyle was in the, the charge of uh, Doctor Strange and... You know, kid gets uh, gets killed while playing games. I uh, uh, all I can see are bad things here. Yeah, so, <laughs> I really this this I was not happy with a few of the early pages in the book um, when Zelma and uh, Magic mm-hmm. are walking around the library. the The artwork was really bugging me. Um, and, you know, it's very stylized and there are a lot of white in the background and grayscale and whatnot. And I was like, man, I really hope this isn't the way the rest of the book goes. And it didn't. It was a very stark contrast to the rest yeah. of the book. So it started off a little wobbly for me. But once we got back into the swamp with the, the weird tree people and the kids, this book really takes off. And again, you know, to your point, the you you were never given to understand that there were real stakes in this book until now yeah and you know it was it was startling it did exactly what it needed to do uh it this book really moved me uh you know hard charging sort of action and just you know right smack in the feels on Mm -hmm. uh, on the loss here so great book yeah and now that the first six issues are out you know it's hard there's not necessarily a um a conclusion to the story but you know, definitely pick up this book, whether you're picking it up in trade or whatever. It is really worth the price of admission. Um, just a lot of fun. Just yeah. really a great book. Well, fun until today's, you know, this week's tragic, uh, tragic death. Yeah. Uh, so I have been on kind of a Donny Cates kick and did not jump in. You know, I've been, I, I read his entire run of Guardians of the Galaxy. I've read some other stuff he's done over at Marvel. I couldn't. I could not motivate myself to jump into uh, King and Black because I, I just really cannot abide uh, Venom and and all that. And so uh, I, I I was like, man, it seems like there ought to be some some other Donny Cates you know joint that I can hop into. And I noticed on New Comic Book Day on on Wednesday that Crossover Two is out, which is a Donny Cates joint. And so I was like, hmm. So I went back and I looked at crossover number one because I don't want to you know, read the second issue without reading the first issue. 
And you know, the first issue was uh, at a, at a reduced price. It was like a buck sixty nine for those of us who are unlimited subscribers. And I was like, I'm going to give it a shot. I, previews for the funnies this year. This may be my book of the year. I uh, I I was blown away by the quality of the writing, the quality of the artwork, and mostly the perspective uh, of the storytelling and how how natural this story is, but also how surprising. I mean, it's like an idea. It's like, why haven't we all had this idea before? It was fantastic. And yeah. so I sent a, I sent a note over to our uh, Funny Books chat group uh, between the hosts here. And, you know, fortunately, I was able to lure Wayne into the crossover. Wayne, what'd you think? Yeah, I read the preview pages first on it. And the preview pages don't really give you the story to it much. It's the first few pages. I, I felt the same way, Aaron. I don't think I have read a book that I felt this much, just like blew me away this much since, I mean, Seventh Secrets Issue 1 is probably the closest I've had this year. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting this book. I was not expecting a story like this, the the passion and love of comics that came out in this. And one of the things for me is after I read the story, there's a one-page letter from Donny Cates in the back. And he talks about how he had, you know, six years ago, he nearly died. And we came out of it telling the story about death in his, uh, what was it, uh, God Country? Mm-hmm. Was all inspired by that. And then just a few months ago, he nearly died again. And this time he wanted to talk about what makes life worth living and what he loves. And that's what this story came from. What he loves is comic books. And you can really feel it in this story. One of the one of the things that's I find really interesting in the manner in which this story is told is that it uses the language of comics to describe what's going on in the book. So, you know, a, a, a big event occurs at the beginning of the book in which the world of comic books encroaches onto what is otherwise the normal regular our world right um but it describes it as you know you could only describe it as a big summer event <laughs> you know yeah and but it's not done tongue-in-cheek i mean it is there is such a reverence for the language of comics through here that you, that it you are just pulled deeper into the to the multiverse that Donny Cates is building here. Yeah. And, and it's refreshing that it even uses things like they name drop Marvel, DC, uh, Superman. Superman. Yeah. They don't come up with these alternate characters or anything. They come right out and name drop. Well, and what sucks sucked me in from the beginning is the narrative uh, as it's, it's bringing you up to the event and it's talking about reality. And it talks about, you know, if you were to say who's more real, you or Superman, you're going to say you, right? But think about it. Superman was here before you were born. He's going to be here long after you were born. Uh, he has had real world impact, you know, and when you weigh all of what Superman has achieved and not just in his stories, but in the real world, you know, what impact those stories have had, who's more real, you or Superman? And I'm like, Fuck you, Donny Cates. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because, man, mind blown. Yeah. Um, this is an amazing story, and I don't want to spoil 
anything here for anybody. Um, I'm going to read issue two this week. Pretty damn sure Wayne's reading issue two this week. Definitely. And we'll come back and talk about it again next week where we will spoil some stuff. But I, there was nothing about this book that didn't have me going, yes, yes, give me more, yes. Yeah, one of the things I found interesting was, in relation to the art, the characters that have come out of the comic book world uh-huh. have the like the dot art to them. Correct. Yeah. So like, if you see one of them in the regular, you recognize them because yep. they're they're the old style art. I thought that was a really interesting artistic take to it. Yeah. I the 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 book is just fantastic. I zero complaints about any of it. I can't believe issue one flew under my radar so low. Uh, but this was just fantastic, you know, uh, visual, visually the, the book is stunning, uh, you know, from the, from the writing perspective, it is just spot on and is scratching me right in, right yep. where I itch. This and is, it's not about that big crossover. No, it's about no. a character that was impacted by it. Yeah. You know, a person. And yeah. I like that too. It's like, this is the thing that's happening and it's over there. But that's not our story. Our st- yeah. Because they even talks in the, the narration about how that's not our story. That's not this story. This story is about these people. Yeah. It, well, it, it's very personal that way, right? I, 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 this book's terrific. I, I, I'm just going to keep saying that. It's terrific. <laughs> uh, pick it up. You're, you're, you're missing out if you, haven't, if you haven't read this, Paul. I picked it up. I just haven't read it. <laughs> well, I picked it up like five minutes ago when you started talking okay. about it. Okay. Pray the capes away, because God hates masks. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next week? Well, a whole slew of things, but I accidentally closed my web browser, so I don't know. What the? I know. I had them all listed up and ready what to talk about. Well, this the kind- Paul, you've got one job. I know. Exactly. Besides the editing and the releasing and the, all of the <laughs> and other the, jobs. You've got one And job. the outline. Well, you know, Aaron, I know you're a big fan of The Expanse. There is an, uh, The Expanse comic book, a limited series set between the seasons four and five of the TV show, written by Karina Bechko, who wrote the Green Lantern Earth One book. Um, that comes out next week. I don't know if that's a, to your interests, but it's certainly well, coming I, out. I do got to say, Expanse is next week. And this is set between, so maybe we're checking pretty, out. Pretty freaking excited. Well, and you know, we have a new issue of Fantastic Four coming out. I, you know, I think we, I picked it up two issues ago based on your recommendation. I'm enjoying what I'm reading. Yep, yep. Um, Pete Tomasi is writing Challenge of the Super Sons, which is a digital first title. So it's one of those $1 issues featuring the Super Sons in the way that we like to read the Super Sons Young Jonathan, Young Damien friends kind of set in that time frame uh so i'm I'm, for 99 cents i'll pick it up you know i I didn't like the last miniseries but it seems like this is worth giving a shot for for a buck um also we have a new issue of rorschach i know you're still reading that aaron um from additionally from dc comics we get the last issue of Brian Michael Bendis' Superman run, Superman issue twenty. Thank God! Yay! <laughs> yep, the Yay! last issue comes and out next week. Hopefully, that will also be John Romita Jr.'s last issue of Superman. Well, that's Action Comics, but that I think oh. I think that's coming out not long after. Right. right. Um, the second issue of Taskmaster. We really enjoyed oh. that first issue yeah. of Taskmaster. Second that issue comes fun. out next week. That and was a lot of. Fun. 
From Image Comics, Reckless, um, which is a new graphic novel from Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Ooh, gotta get that. Yeah, Sex, Drugs, and Murder set in 1980s Los Angeles. Pulp was the was the previous one, and and it was hella cool. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited about that. It's a little pricey, a little pricier than Pulp. Hopefully, a little bigger than Pulp. Um, <laughs> it's twenty three ninety nine. Whoa! Yeah, it's a little pricey. Ooh, Ooh. that may that may Ouch. be a sale book. Um, yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking that's gonna be a sale book because Pulp I, was like fifteen bucks. I feel or on a five week or something yeah. when when nothing else is out. But yeah. holy crap! Yeah, I'm not getting that on release date. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Because you know that that'll stings. be on sale within the next two months anyway. My bottom, it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> well, is, is, is that all that's coming out next week, Paul? Yes, sir. Yeah. So, yeah, I looked all that up right in that conversation because I. Well, I, I just wish that you could have been a little bit more prepared. Well, I'm me too. Di- disappointed in your performance today. I clicked the wrong box and it just closed everything. <laughs> Well, we want to know what you think about uh, Paul's uh, poor performance. Give us a call, 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. If we use your voicemail on the show, you'll want a coveted, valuable ideology of madness surprise and maybe take Paul's job. Maybe. Hopefully. (laughs) You can also hit us up on social media, IOMGeek on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Right. Well, I look forward to chatting with you guys next week, talking about some crossover number two. Super excited about that. Catch you guys then. Bye. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. Mm-hmm.